Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori. We have the pleasure of having local hoops legend, former Minnesota gopher and world-famous rapper, Lawrence Mac Irv McKenzie with us today. How's it going, Mac? I'm smooth, man. Thank you guys for having me. Right on. How you doing in this pandemic? I'm surviving. You know, um, the great thing about it is it's like it's giving me time to, like, especially, like, for myself to, like, figure things out. It's with my music, uh, I got a project coming out that I'm working on called The Breakthrough. I've been able to like to uh, figure things out with that. I've been able to focus on all kind of different things that I wasn't kind of able to really, really pinpoint before. So I've been enjoying it, spending time with my family, my beautiful daughters, and my lady. You know what I mean? So I, I, I can't complain. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm Man, okay. I'm, I'm so excited to hear this breakthrough. You sent me some throwaways. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, I, I'm ready to hear the real thing. I want to hear what's going on. This shit crazy, man. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Like, I'm so excited, like, um, for just for people to just get to just to hear it. You know what I mean? It's just a, a lot of improvement from where I came from. And you know, starting music after, you know, what I mean, playing sports is, um, it's something that, um, I feel like I, I had, I was a little bit behind. So you know, even like, but, but, but I was already on the main stage, right? So anything I put out was already being judged right away from my first song. Some people don't get, some people get a chance to like be behind the scenes and be working, working, working until they get good enough. And then they could like, somebody finally catches the, the uh, I mean, some music finally catches the public's eye. I feel like I was like on the stage right away, but like, so I was being judged throughout this whole time. And I feel like I always was pretty good, but this shit is like, like next level good though. Like next, next level good. Like compared to anything I've ever done. So I'm excited about that shit. My my favorite thing, you know, I, I followed you for a minute. I, I'm pretty good friends with Will Harris. Um, yeah. How I actually met you, he brought me to some hotel you guys were recording at, U3Bs. Oh, yeah, yeah, damn. I, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, way, yes. way back. And yeah. uh, I remember him putting me on, and I, I've been following you since way, way back. Some people at my school, I don't got to name drop anybody, but put me on to your stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it, it's funny watching you progress. It's crazy. Because I, I felt like from day one, you've always had a message. And a lot of people don't have that. I know when I was yeah. way back, I wasn't trying to do a message. I was trying yeah. to on. I didn't care what kind of music I was making. I was just trying to make money. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And some people, like, I, it was something I was okay at. And I couldn't believe people want to listen to it. And I just wanted to make money. That was the only goal. But it, to see you actually stay the same and be true the whole time, like, that's yeah. awesome. I commend He that. was like, yo, I'm I'm trying to get to this money. Like, what I got to <laughs> do? I don't care. I do a country song. What the fuck? I do some backflips to the video. Like, like, but, but it's funny because the, the game is now kind of turning to a hustle. Yeah. And it's not as, as, as much as an artistic, like, an art form. Like, and, and I, how could you be mad at that? When you see people making it, you're like, I could do that. Yep. You know what I mean? So I'm never mad at that because it could work. Right. It could work. And I could be spitting the best bars in life and and it never works for me. You know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like it's all about how you feel about that at the end of the day. Like, See, you feel like... Well, we, you know, like me, when we were... I mean, this is way, way back. Conversation real low. We were talking about what it was like in the studio. Someone else was saying whatever. It, yeah. in there, like, maybe giving ideas. And I was like, dude, I don't even care if I'm in the song. If somebody yeah. wants to pay me to write songs, I'll write songs for people. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, that. dude, I don't care. Whatever it is, just, if, if you yeah. want to pay me for it, I'll do it. I don't care what yeah. And you were like, sure. you're like, man, yeah. If somebody's got hot ideas, you can't not, you know. Nah, because we were talking like Kanye and Drake and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't knock that. I'm, I mean, of course, it's like when it comes to like purest hip hop. Just to be honest, I'm not like a hip hop purist, bro. Like one of them guys is like, no, that these are the fifth five elements of it, and if it happen like this, like Drake's cold to me. Like I feel like mm-hmm. Drake is, could be one of the best ever. Like, and some people who are hip hop purists probably won't agree with that shit, but. It works for him. Like, you know what I mean? I, and I don't think that he cannot write his own stuff. But if there's different ideas, especially when you get to his level, there's going to be different ideas. You don't want to take different uh, 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 formulas from other places because you don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Not saying that he can't do that. You know what I mean? But I don't see me. That's not a big deal. Everything, oh, Drake, everything Drake touches is gold. Every time, exactly, and every time he comes out, it's like, oh shit, he did it again. Like he did it again. So 
I don't knock it at all. I don't know how anybody can hate on his pen. I mean, his pen is crazy. Uh, he he might just be on the hate flows. on Drake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They might have they might have been mad he stole some flows, but nobody put the words together like he put them together. I'll just leave nah, it at that. Fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk about your playing days before we get into music. Um, yeah. I mean, again, local hoops legend. You're from Minneapolis. You're from North, right? North side. Yep. Low North end. side. Yeah. The toughest part of the whole state. Yeah, I would say. Oh, I, <laughs> you definitely say. That's fact. Yeah. Big fact. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing, though, um, four straight state chi- titles with your dad yeah. coaching. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me about that experience. Um, first of all, first person, first basketball player in Minnesota history to ever do that in like hundreds of years. You know what I mean? So that's an accomplishment. Um, I don't know, man. Watching like the last dance, it's like it brings me back to those moments where it was just like win or nothing. Like, and I've been like that my whole life. Like, even my dad started coaching me in actually third grade. I was playing on his team over at it's called uh WESAC at uh, Kenwood Elementary in South Minneapolis. And um, that's the school I went to. And I was playing on his team there. And I remember him coming to practice. And uh, we had this other guy coaching, uh, Chuck Campbell, his son Alex Campbell, my bro. Uh, he, he passed away, rest in peace to him. But his dad was coaching. Yeah. And um, uh, my dad was at practice like, oh, y'all should do this. You should put this play in. And he was like, <laughs> it's funny because he like, do you, hey, well, do you want to coach? To my dad, you know, like kind of smart Alec, and my dad was like, "Yeah, I coach." <laughs> so he like basically took over from there. That like started his coaching career, like me playing basketball. I hated it though for a long time, and I always had to play up. I remember playing up my whole career, like playing uh, two years up, and everybody was bigger than me. And I was good, but I wasn't that good, you know. And uh, as a third grader and a fifth grader, that's a huge difference. You two years is a huge difference when you're that young. And I, I, I always hated it, but I, I always want it pushed me to get better. Though. Like I never settled. I'm, I'm pretty much like that. If I'm in an environment, if the environment's like crazy, then I'm. I, it might be hectic, but I'm, and I'm uncomfortable. But I'm always gonna be like, I gotta get up here. And sometimes if it's like playing a team where you know you, you guys are athletes, like playing a team where that's not that good. The first half you might kind of come out lackadaisical. They might still be in the game. You know what I mean? But t- towards the end of the game, you're gonna play hard. But I had that feeling of, like, I got to go hard every single second. And that led up to high school where um, um, I had ended up playing JV in the eighth grade. In the ninth grade, we had, like, a really good team. We had these two guards that was uh, Division One. One went to Utah State and one went to, uh, I think, uh, Arkansas Little Rock. Tony Travis and Greg Patton. So that year, I was playing behind them, and I didn't play as much. But I was able to learn a lot. The crazy thing is, for me not playing as much, I'm the I'm the one getting yelled at the most in practice. I hated that too. Like, yo, like I'm not even playing, my nigga. Like, why I'm, why are you worried about what I'm doing? You know what I mean? On the way home, and it was I'm driving home. You ain't doing this. I'm like, I damn near quit. I was like, I was gonna go to do sale. I was like, I'm transferring, bro. Like, I'm not playing for you, man. Like, I just can't. I can't do it. It's too much, man. And then. What's, what's funny is I was like, my pops knew me because I, I, that night I, I thought about it. I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm going to come back. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get so good that this nigga can't. Oh, excuse my language. Can I say that? I'm going to get so good. I can't say it. You can say it. I'm going to get so good that my pops can't say nothing to me. Like, I'm going to get so good that he can't say nothing to me. And that was like my goal. Like, just to grind, grind, grind. And I remember when that moment happened, like, my sophomore year. So my freshman year, I didn't play as much. We won the state. My sophomore year, he didn't want to start me because he felt like if I start you, people are going to start saying stuff. So he was like, I'm not going to start you until they make it obvious, until you make it this obvious. I will come in a game, dog, two minutes, three minutes in a game, pick up full court, change the whole game, get two, three steals, get a dunk, get a three. We go about 20 the minute I come in a game, right? So the coach is like, yo, all the assistant coaches and the players is like, you need to start. And that was the moment where, like, things start taking off that way. But I, I, I kind of understood it because I would do the same thing if I had a son. I will be like, yo, you got to make it obvious because even if I put you out there and you're okay and you're good, then they're going to have something to say. But when you're just – when it's just – when it's excellent and you're above here, nobody can say nothing. It's going to be obvious to them that they need you on the court, and that's kind of, like, what pushed me. So my sophomore year, and then we had a good team then in my junior year. Um, I was playing with Terry Pettis. I don't know if you know the story about Terry Pettis, the one he went to Fresno State. He's actually in, oh, he's in jail for he's in jail for murder. Um, oh damn! 
Yeah, yeah. It was in this. He was a really, really, really good player, man. Like he was, he, but he was having some trouble, and I, he ended up. Um, their team was doing like, like he, he. I mean, we're all from the hood, so we do some mischievous stuff at times. But he went into the next level of mischievous, where they was doing like robberies and stuff. Um, and they was like robbing his drug dealers, different drug dealers, and they called one dude. And I guess dude ended up bringing his girl with them, and it was TP turn. It was Terry's turn. And um, he went up and he like knocked on the window with the gun. And I guess the girl was driving. This girl was driving and he, dude reached down and like tried to pull off, like reached down to the clutch. And as he was reaching down, Terry got scared. The gun went off and actually hit the girl. Damn. Yeah. 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 So it was like uh, uh, one, it was one of them things like this. This one moment changed your entire life type thing. He actually they tried to give him the chair. And yeah. they had to fight for, yeah, they tried to, they had to fight for, at 19 years old, bro, Fresno State, he was like, he won a freshman of the year and all that, that year, like, you know what I'm saying? Life was, it was changing. Life, life was changed change. entirely, life changed entirely for him, man. You know, I, it's some, that's somebody who I try to keep in contact with, like, almost on a daily, man. Like, I talk to him a lot, and, like, hopefully they, they may have an appeal for him because he was 19 years old. I know it's kind of hard because somebody lost their life, but, like, he, it's just, at a, at a point, you, you, you do want somebody to, and, oh, yeah. and, and, and as a you exactly you want you want somebody to try to get back in society, and I feel like he could have a voice because of what happened and what he been through. So I'm I'm praying for that 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 happens. But yeah, that was my teammate yeah. as a junior year. We had our, our team was full with all Division One players, man. Fresno State, Wichita State, Wyoming. Um, um, where did where did Z go? See, we went to uh, sitting area in Louisiana. Like we had a really, really good team. And then my senior year was the toughest year because most of the people that I grew up playing with had left. And then we had like pretty much guys that uh that like were playing like JV and you know that kind of like were uh formed into the uh the, the system of the team. Yeah. And it was a real tough year, but um it was a, it was an excellent time. And I know I kind of broke that down like all the way down. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was a really, really uh, one of probably one of the best times of my life. Dude, yeah, that, that, that's crazy. I actually want to touch on your relationship with your dad. Um, and, and again, sorry to hear about your buddy. That's that's terrible. And it, it, you know, yeah. prayers. Keep him in my prayers. Yeah, and, and for sure. You know, obviously that's that's a decision guys got to talk. You know, after all this is all said and done. So exactly, that, that's out of our control. Yeah, um, that's right. But getting back to your dad, you know, what was that fine line between you and you and your pops? Like, what made you? Because I know you were talking about, you said you were about to leave. You want to go to De La Salle. Yeah, Is yeah. really rubbing up against that line, or did he cross it? I know a lot of parents out there are wondering, do I push my kid? Do I not push my kid? Is he going to pull away? Can you talk to I, me about that relationship, what he did I right? Because I know long-term, you know that it worked out, and he did the right thing for you. Yeah, I think, like you, like I said before, um, you kind of got to know your kid well. Like You got to know, like, if all right, I'm going to push him up. Like, I'm going to push him to here. And then I'm gonna back off. But it was a it was a point where it was like every single day, uh, like especially playing for him. You know, like when I'm playing for him and I'm like playing and I'm and, and the fact is I'm already kinda like salty I ain't playing that much. Even on varsity as a freshman, I'm like, nigga, I'm good enough, I'm better than you. Like I feel like that, like I'm I should be playing. <clears throat> so it's like I'm not already not playing, like why you talk why you on me every single day? Like but then when I come home, you're like, You ain't do this in practice, you ain't do this. I'm like, you should be worried about your players that's playing. So it got to a point where I was really, really wanting to leave, and I, like, kind of felt that way. And even my mom, like, would have to step in a lot. Like, yeah, all right, this is enough, guys. Like, I'm going back and forth at dinner. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, 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 at a point, I don't know. It was just maybe he knew, like, how to push me. But I, if, if if I didn't have the attitude of, like, yo, I'm, I'm about to prove everybody wrong, like how I am now, I, I, I definitely wouldn't have been there. And maybe he just knew that, me being his son, you know what I mean, like, seeing me grow up seeing like how I maneuver with certain things and he probably knew like all right, I know I know I fought to push you and I know you're not gonna quit like I really did like I got this not tatted on me this has never been in like this is quit like I really I really got that like tatted on me and like that's been my mindset like my entire life so maybe he knew that. Oh dude he definitely sucks. I want I want to I won't suggest any any other parents though like <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. I wouldn't suggest it, but like, it wasn't the great thing about it is too is like now I see parents pushing kids with like training, like like training them every day, hours a day. Like he didn't do that. Like he wasn't on me. Like did you get outside the hoop? But it was like, because I, 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 I did that naturally. I was all he had to tell me to come inside. They had to tell me to come inside. So maybe he saw that 
the, as much love as I have for the game that this rule was going to take. And I had to get used to that because the shit ain't getting no easier in college going to play for Kelvin Sampson, you know what I'm saying, or no. Tubby Smith. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it didn't get any easier. So it actually got me used to that shit. Well, going back into that, I mean, you were known for having a killer crossover. These are actual quotes about your game. Yeah. Killer crossover, blazing first step, deep range, hops to bring crowds to their feet. You would do tossing no-look passes, nail threes from NBA range, throw down two-handed alley-oops, you know. Damn, that's facts. Where, where, where are these calls from? Hey, hey, Tra I Trev? can't disclose my stuff. I can't. Uh, okay. No, that's, that's okay. not Trev. I got some Trev and, and Dre stuff, though, but that, okay, that's actually okay. articles about you, man. Wow. That's yeah. what's up, man. Yeah, I did some digging. Yeah. So, so coming out of high school, though, you're a three-star. You're 85th prospect in the country. Yeah. Trev's question here is, do you have regrets choosing Oklahoma over the U of M? Hell no. <laughs> nah. Because Oklahoma had just went to the Final Four, right? They had two point guards leaving. They had Hollis Price and Quantus White. It was both leaving. Um, they were seniors, and they were going to be ranked top ten in the next year. We came in ranked number seven. I don't think we were supposed to be because we were so young. It was me and Drew Lavender, two freshmen. We placed two seniors with experience, you know what I mean? But, um... Um, I don't, I don't have a regret about it. Like we had a, we had a really, really good, really good team. And then, um, we got, my sophomore year was crazy as we won the big 12 championship. Honestly, what happened was that's when I started, my injury started to come in place. And I, I and this was an injury where I had, I had the same injury. I think Dre had the same injury. I had, I had a hip impingement where I had to get the surgery on my hip. And, um, the whole time I didn't know that. And it came basically out of nowhere. Like it wasn't like I fell. He just basically said over time, extra bone was growing on your hip or your hip was forming into something where it couldn't move smoothly through the joint. So um, that's when it came in. And then they, they say it goes from it starts moving there, you start tearing stuff, then you start to feel uh, stiffness, and then you feel pain. At that point, I was feeling stiffness. So I couldn't sit down anymore. I couldn't be explosive. I couldn't stop on a dot and get to my jump shot. I could still shoot, and I was, still, I was so good, I was still able to survive and still play. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And still average, you know what I mean? So average 12 points a game and be one of the best players on my team. But I wasn't myself and I knew that the whole time. So I'm going back and forth with that in my mind. I'm like, okay, damn, I'm not myself. Is it coach? Because it ain't me. I know it ain't me. Like, what's going on? I'm, I'm losing my confidence. What is it? Not knowing the whole time my body is changing. And I just can't do what I've been doing before. Like, you know what I mean? So that's the only, honestly, the really only reason I transferred. That's the really only reason. And people always ask me, like, why did you transfer? We were number one in the country, bro, coming into my – where I was supposed to come into my junior year, we was ranked number one in the country. We had all the people back. We just won the Big 12 championship. We was, like, 28-5 and five the year before. And all of us ended up transferring, you know what I mean? It was a thing. It was, like, a little bit of both. Like, Coach Sampson was hard as hell on us. Like, But I wouldn't – it wasn't a work, honestly. When I look back on it, it wasn't a work. It was really my mindset and where I was at. I couldn't really focus on the game of basketball because I couldn't figure out what was going on with myself. Was that the lead that caused you to go back to the U of L? That was what caused me to go back to the U. Okay. Yeah. And, and I went back to the U, and it's crazy. I'm still hurt at the U, and I'm going to the training office, like, every like every other day, bro. Like, I'm trying to I'm like, it's my Achilles. It's my, uh, it's my, uh, something's going on. Like, my knees hurt, my, my uh, hamstrings. But it really was, what, really what it was was the whole time. Your body I was overcompensating. Just, um, I was overcompensating, bro, and for my hip, yeah. my body the whole time. And it's crazy. I was all Big Ten twice. First um, yeah. years, junior year, all Big Ten second team, and then senior year, all Big Ten third team, which is crazy because Tubby kind of Tubby kind of <laughs> messed that up for me, man. I'm just going to keep it in buck. That's my he cool, he cool and all. I ain't going to say that's my man. I ain't going to say that. But he kind of messed that up for me, man. He kind of gassed me. But – I was still all Big Ten, and the, when I went to the, the D-League, I was playing. Not one day, uh, I was starting and all that. I'm like, Coach, I ain't coming to practice. He's like, what you mean? I was like, Coach, I keep telling y'all, like, my hips is hurting. Something's going on. I keep telling me to go to, uh, I keep going me to, telling me to go to physical therapy. And I'm going before the training room, before practice and after practice, but it's not getting better. I'm not coming unless y'all, like, I need to get an MRI, because they wouldn't let me get an MRI. It's like, nah, you good. You're playing good. I was like, I'm better than this, dog. Like, I know I'm, I've been playing, like, I'm, I've been playing on a high level my whole life. Um, I know I'm better than this. And uh, I finally got the MRI. And the doctor was like, whoa, like your hip. I can't believe you. You've probably been playing at 60% since you were like 19. Like, I can't believe you made it this far. 
And that was, I was like, whoa, like, damn, that's crazy to hear, man. It was, it was a crazy moment. And from there, I had the surgery. I was going to go to Germany and play. Um, I remember rehabbing. I was rehabbing, and it was like four or five months in of the surgery, and I still didn't feel it. I was like, man, this feels like, it don't feel like it's going to get back. And my agent blowing my phone up because I had a nice contract, and, of course, they want that money right away. He's like, are you going to be ready? I'm like, yo, I don't think I'm going to be ready. Like, what do you mean? It was a lot of pressure on me, and I decided, like, I'm not going to do it. I prayed about it, man, like a lot. And I was like, man, this, I was like, how long do you think I'm going to play over there anyway? Until I like have to have a real hip replacement, like I don't want like to have to have balls in my head. It's like it be five years, could be three years. And when he said that, I was like, Nah, man, I gave it up. God damn, you they know? were talking hip replacement. If I would have continued to play, yeah, like I had the surgery, and it's like eventually, like if you continue to play on it, like they they put in fibro cartilage, so they drill in. So eventually, that's the cartilage that won't stay forever. If you keep uh, uh, grinding it down, and it leaves easier. Like, you know what I mean? It leaves easier. It disappears easier. It grinds down easier. So it was like, I'm like, how long can I do it? And he was like, man, maybe five years. could be 10 years. could be two years. And once he was like, I didn't really know, I was like, man, I'm cool, man. And that, all that is is they go in there, they drill into the bone, they make the bone yeah. bleed, which turns into scar tissue, which is knockoff yeah. cartilage. Exactly. That's it. God damn, no. Nah. Yeah. And that's in both of your legs? That's my left one. Left yeah, one. actually, I don't know. No, nope, I had it in both. I had, actually, I had the left one twice. I had the left one twice. Oh. And then my right one. Yeah. So there's certain spots where it's just feeble cartilage. Like, there was, they were able to save some spots. But I was like, man, I want to be able to walk and move for the rest of my life, man. I'm cool. Until, and, and, until if they would have found something else, like, yo, we can do this and this is where it's going to work, I would have went back and hoped it. At that point, it just wasn't worth it. I, I just had just had my first kid too, and it just uh, well, it wasn't worth it. So, well, let's let's rewind a little bit and talk about those U of M days. I mean, you transfer in. Would they come? I mean, obviously they were coming after you hard before you even went to Oklahoma. What was that kind of like? Kind of, they was coming after me hard. Um, you know, they kind of waited last minute too, though. I remember them recruiting like a couple people before me, and then I remember them recruiting Cam Cam Taylor. And we played them at North, um, I think my junior year. I fucking killed. Like, I was killing. I mean, I had, like, eight dunks, eight threes. Like, I was, like, killing. And then they went crazy. Like, oh, we got to offer them. And I kind of felt slighted. I ain't going to lie. Like, just being in my mind, like, nah, it's too late. And, and honestly, I didn't want to stay home anyway. But I still, okay. I was like, y'all should have offered me a long time ago. I always feel like the underdog. I got the underdog like tattooed on me too. I've always had that like feeling of like being an underdog. So um, I was like, y'all should have came after me earlier. And I don't know. It was just something about like my teammate had went to Oklahoma. My guy Johnny Gilbert, okay. and just it was just something about that environment. And the team was honestly just just a lot better at that point. But I don't know if I would have thought differently, man. I, I might have stayed home right away if I like had a couple of the homies who were like from here, like my guy Big James Davis. Even if like Cam Taylor, like Kevin Henderson, like our uh, our our what's your name? Our class was really, really, really good. If like we would have talked to each other and like Chris Humphreys, if we would all have been like, yo, we're gonna come here and we're gonna stay home, we're gonna do this, I would have definitely stayed home. But it was like a separate thing. It's kinda like how the rappers are here now. We yeah. was all on our own shit. Basically then it's like, all right, we're gonna see who blow first. It was like one of them situations. Which is a terrible, terrible as far as music goes, terrible, terrible idea. For I sure. completely disagree with that. Uh, yeah, for sure. But back to the hoops, though. I mean, Minnesota's been known to let Minnesota talent go, not treat it the right way. I mean, they did it. We've had Trev on. We've had – I mean, they, they love Trev. But they were trying yeah. to get after uh, Jordan and Tuck super late, giving them scholarships, taking them away. Just yeah. dogging them. I yeah. mean, what, what do you think about the recruiting process with there? What do they need to do to keep in, in-state talent? I don't know. You know, you see, they just hired a, um, hired somebody from Minnesota, though. They just hired an assistant coach that I think was at Hopkins before, and then I forgot where else he was at. But he's from Minnesota, and he then he grew up like playing like like within like the AAU system here. So I think that's super dope. Um, that's going to be important just to have somebody who has their ear to the ground in the community because I feel like the Minnesota has done that a lot. Like they kind of shitted on the talent here for a long time, and like you say, like even with Trev, even with Jordan, unless you're like somebody that's like. Humphreys are like ranked number one. They got to be able to see the potential in you, and maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe they're not seeing uh, uh, seeing that en- uh, enough, or see- seeing those players enough where they're going out and making sure, like, okay, we're watching 
this game this game we're going to be here to make sure we get them but I think that's important when they can start doing that and then it's going to take somebody from here to be like yo I'm, I should do this somebody that's influential like the Suggs or somebody if he would have did it like you know what I mean that would have made it a lot easier for other people to be like okay and then also number the, the number one thing is they got to be able to win too like you got to be able to win some games and but make sure that they believe in like the like the patinos, and I think that's important. You gotta be able to win some games and stuff. So, and and, and believe in like I got a coach that could, we're gonna win, and, I'm, and he's gonna be able to take me to the next level. I think people are so scared to risk their career being a guinea pig. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to be this first Minnesota dude to risk my career with it. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is too. I think that's definitely what it is. But the people who take the biggest risks always get the biggest rewards too. Like, right. and I feel like I say that with DJs. It's the same way. Like, I ain't gonna play no local. It's, it, it, it all goes back to me. Like, I'm not gonna play the local. I'm not gonna play this person because I don't want to lose my job. So you play it safe, but you're not really doing nothing. Like, what's the purpose of it? You know what I mean? I think in order to do that, you got to take some risk. And if you believe in yourself, it might not be this job. It could be the next job or the next radio station. You know what I mean? Where you make this shit happen. But you got to be a trailblazer with this shit. I believe that. I believe that yeah. wholeheartedly. So yeah. let's, let's, let's go back into you starring, though, at the U. I mean, you killed it. Your junior year, 14.9 points. You have a 15 a game. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. came in killing. I, I did. I, I ain't going to lie. I, I thought, like, after my junior year, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to average 15. And honestly, I probably should average more. Like, I came in first couple games, like, 2020, 2020, 2020, right? And this is me still at 60%. Understand that, though. Like, this is me not at 100%, dog. Like, still doing my thing, still killing. So, um, I was like, okay, I'm a second team all Big Ten in some in some, uh, some uh, papers and some press. And if I get to, like, if I average five more points a game, I, sh- I could at least be second round for sure in the NBA. So he came in, changed all that. I remember that first meeting. He came in, this and he was like, son, let me talk to you after the meeting. Like, son, this is, this is I'm going to tell you right now, son, it's the team. Ain't no superstars on my team. And I don't, we ain't going to play that north side ball. We're going to do this, this. I was like, it was just kind of weird. I'm like, damn, what you heard about me, fam? Like, it was like, <laughs> he, he was on my ass right away. In that from that moment, it just wasn't the whole season from that moment just felt like I don't know. I felt it just felt like he, he wasn't really fucking with me. You know what I mean? Until it was time to fuck with me. And it was like, but he then he would tell me, like, okay, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, you don't gotta average this many points. I want you to play the point guard and do this. He tried to make me into something. I'm a scoring combo like type guard. He was like, I want to make you do this. And it's like I wasn't playing to my strengths. So the first couple games, I mean, I'm getting like 10 points. I'm getting some some games, I'm getting like seven points. He's like, no, nah, but I'm gonna make sure you I get you to these camps and I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You know what I mean? And after a while, I was like, man, fuck that. Like for the last 15 games, I went crazy. I was averaging like 20 some points a game because I was just like, yo, I'm listening to him. I'm not having fun playing this game of basketball. You know, mm-hmm. this is my senior year. I get one chance at this, and this is a bit more like a business thing for him. And I started going crazy, but and at the end of the year, I still, I didn't even get to go to Portsmouth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Dan Coleman ended up going to Portsmouth, which is the NBA, like, the camp before you actually get to the NBA rookie camp. You know, and I, I didn't even get that. I didn't get to the summer league, you know. Like, it was a lot of different things that I didn't come through. And I kind of learned, like, just that made me say, man, just do you. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I trusted people a lot because my dad was a coach, you know. So I'm looking at him like, okay, you say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But at that point, I was like, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, for me now, I, I don't look back when I'm like, damn, I regret it. But it's definitely a lesson learned with me. Like, just do you. Regardless of the situation, just do you, man. So do you prefer months in there? I mean, like, actual people. Because I've only nah, heard nah, other players nah. say they prefer months in. And that was Vincent Greer. Of course, yeah, I can see BG yeah. saying that for sure. Nah, I didn't prefer months in. Like, I ain't going to lie. Uh, Coach Molinari in between there was cool. My whole kind of career that was different, but I, I literally had four different coaches throughout my college career, which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Samson, Munson, Coach Molinari, who took over from Munson, and then Coach Smith, who who took over after that. So I had four coaches for a year, which is it's just hard to adjust to. You know, I I, I don't know if I would say I prefer Munson, but Munson. One thing about Coach Munson is he did like like he 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 was just like yo get off. Like he definitely was like just go crazy. But I don't know. It was just a. It, 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 there's pros and cons. I could say to each person. You know, it, it makes me want to ask this question. Do you have uh, 
do you view that if, if the coaches change, a player should be able to change whatever they're doing? Shouldn't have any restrictions either? Like, they, I, yeah, I think they should yeah. have to sit out. No. Like, if a coach leaves, a kid should be able to go back into a portal, go to wherever the hell he wants to go. None of this shit is fair in the NCAA, bro. All that shit is set up for the coaches and for the business. You know what I mean? It's all against players. Bro. Like, I don't think if a coach can leave, the players should be able to leave too. It's a business. Y'all try to make this an amateur sport. Why is it amateur after 18? Why is the only thing that's every in uh, is amateur after 18 is sports? Anything else, you know what I mean? You can get cigarettes. You can get you a job. You know what I mean? You go to a club. Like, everything, you go to the, all these adult places. But now, you're in sports. I got to be amateur until I'm 22 years old. Or so I make the, do I go to the NBA? Like, I don't, it just, I don't agree with any of that stuff. I feel like if a coach can leave and then coach next year, a player should be able, be able to do the same. But you see these old school coaches like, oh, here go the portal. It's about to open back up, and yeah, this is coaching is it's not going to be it's not going to be the same. These kids are going to be leaving like this. You well, y'all leave, y'all leave, y'all do the same thing. So I just it's it's only fair. There's no agree. kids you have to be stuck somewhere. I don't feel like you should have to be stuck somewhere because you feel like, oh, if I go here, I'm not I'm have to be able to sit out. No, nah, you should be able to go. You should be able to transfer. And you look at guys who got absolutely screwed, especially right around your age. With I mean, Tuck got screwed with that. Trev for got sure. screwed with that. I mean, yeah. Trev was in school for like six years because of that. I know he sure was, for sure. I, I know. Sure. That's, they got to fix yeah. that. That's, that's absurd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they definitely got to fix that. So you finish out being all Big Ten both years. Um, you're also, you know, going into that, you're going to the NBA with the D-League for Los Angeles. Yeah. Talk to us yeah. about that experience. You know, you're practicing probably with Kobe and all that crazy stuff. So I first I went to Macedonia. Which, okay. Uh, do you guys know where that's at? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know either. I'm just being honest. I was like Macedonia. Like what? Like because I was supposed to go to Turkey first, and then my guy was like, "You should go to Macedonia." My agent was like, "You should go to Macedonia. They're paying you good." It's like, and then you're gonna be playing in these two leagues. So you're gonna play in this league where it's like you're playing in the country, and then you're gonna be traveling around playing in this other league like Serbia. You're gonna play in Greece. You're gonna play in all these other places. And I went there, and, and the league was just – it was trash, bro. I'm averaging, like, 40 points a game. I'm like, no way. And my, my mindset my whole life is I want to go back to the NBA. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play overseas, make some money, go to the NBA. I'm like, yo, this tape is not going to be good enough. They're going to laugh at this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I play over there for, like, five, four, four months, and then I leave, and then I come back, and I end up, uh, end up in L.A., in the D-League. And that was, like, a crazy experience for me, man. Like, um. I was connected in, too, because uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, who I think he was with the Timberwolves for a minute, and his dad coached, uh, Bernie Bickerstaff coached the Hornets, I mean the Bobcats. And um, he connected me in with uh, Lake, this dude who was the uh, Lakers, um, a former general manager. Uh, my agent, he connected me with my agent. My agent was a former general manager for the Lakers. So he had, like, all kind of plugs in there. So I ended up going to L.A., um, it was crazy. Like you go in the practice facility, it's like a Toyota, uh, Toyota center. And you see all these, you go look, you look up to the left and it's like all the trophies. And oh, you yeah. like see the, like, the, like everything, like all the banners hung up in the practice facility. And then like you see Phil's chair and then like you got, you're in the, you're like, damn, I'm like in a Lakers practice facility. Like, this is crazy. And then you walk out and it's like Kareem Badu-Jabbar. I'm like, damn, that's Kareem. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, Magic Johnson. Like, you know what I mean? And I see Phil. And I'm like, see Kobe coming in and, like, getting his practice in there, like, early before everybody, like, right. We were basically like the JV team. So I'm like, damn, this is crazy, like, just being around all this greatness. It was, like, one of the best experiences of my life. And then you start to get to know them, too. Like, I remember Kobe, like, in the locker room. I remember him, like, getting his hair cut in our locker room. And it's like, I was, it was like, in my, in my locker and his hair is, like, all over my shoes. And I want to be mad, but I'm like, man, it's, it's Kobe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I can't be mad at this, nigga. Like, I might keep some of his hair. Like, it was, one, <laughs> it, was one of them, it was one of them things. So, it was then. It was, like, Lamar. I mean, Lamar Odom. He was, like, one of the super people. Like, yo, we, I'm going out. Y'all want to go out? So, I was able to hang out with those guys, like, outside of there. It was just a super cool experience. I met some real, really cool people. That year, they had drafted Joe Crawford um, from Kentucky. And we had a connection because he played for Tubby, and he kind of like we kind of felt a little bit of the same way about it. <laughs> so we had a connection, so we were able to connect that way. And I got to play with some, and I played there for uh, a year, a year and a half. And the next year, that's when I came back, and when I was like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not the same." And that's at that after that year, that's the year I ended up retiring. You got before we get into your retirement stuff with the injuries, 
Do you have any other crazy experiences with those guys over there in LA? You don't want to tell them about. I I like to tell them. I like to tell them. Deal, deal. Fine, fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that off the camera. So then you, you, you had the injuries. You, you had the, you finally got your MRI. You found out everything yeah. was going on with it. And that was, you, you were telling them you wanted that done because that's when you were doing the, the PT every day. Every day. You getting better. Yeah. And then you had to make that crazy decision. Like, hey, man, my daughter's here. Am I going to do Hardest this? decision. Hardest involved? decision of my life. Literally went through depression for six months after, bro. Like, literally. Like, didn't know what I was going to do with myself. Luckily, you know, and it's crazy. Like, luckily. And then, you know, not only that, it's like my pops. Yeah. Had, you know, like, he has so much, you know, and I don't know if he's meant to do this, but he really did put a lot of pressure. Like, well, you just want, you want to quit, man? Like, I know you could you could do it. You won't come back. Then it's like, after the surgery every day, when you come back, you ready yet? You going, you know what I mean? My pops, I think he wanted it so bad for me, you know, and of course, as a, as a, his only son, I wanted to be able to, like, to do be able to him. make him, yeah, make him proud. Like, that was for, even just for my whole family. Like, I've been that guy in my family the whole time where they're like, this is my cousin, y'all. You on CBA, you on ESPN. Like, I've been that guy in my family the whole time. So I had a lot of pressure on me, but I was like, this is a decision that I, I got to make for myself. And it was that first time where I had to, like, dig deep inside and kind of figure out, like, man, Mag, like, and I, I'm luckily I'm just a man of faith, too. Like, so. Um, I'm not saying I go to church every day and I read the Bible every day, but I grew up in church and I do believe, like, in the high power, I do believe in God. And I was like, no way that he's going to put you in a situation where where you're not going to have something better than this after. You know what I mean? Or that there's not going to be something better just for you. Not saying better as, like, oh, you're going to be, this, you're gonna be, this is going to take you to be a millionaire over here. This is going to have you do something else over here. Just maybe something that's better for you in your life, like, after. So I went into the mindset like that, and I already started, like, picking up music. I, I was, like, as I had my surgery, you know, they give you, like, a lot of pills. So I'm, all I'm doing is sitting at home writing music all day and sleeping. So, and I'm, like, letting people hear what I'm doing. And they're, like, yo, nah, you really got it. I'm, like, okay, let me call one of my homies that's going to tell me the truth. I know he's blunt. And I speak, like, oh, like, nah, fam, like, you, like, you really got it. And I knew he would tell me if I did it. And from that point on, I was like, man, I'm just going to kind of start, start focusing more on music. And that's kind of how I got into music right there. Was it was it weird telling your pops, like, man, you don't understand what kind of pain I'm going through? You don't understand this. Man, man, it was it was a hard conversation. It was hard conversations. I'm trying to explain it to him. He's like, all right, man, were well, you sure? Like, I'm like, nah, <laughs> like, dog, like, have you, have you seen me? Like, you know your son? Like, at that point, I'm like, do you know me, fam? Like, I'm a, I'm a lion, dog. Like, I ain't. I'm not just quitting just because I don't feel like doing it no more. Or somebody is getting hard. Like yep. I, I, that's that's the kind of stuff I like. Is I can't do it. That's what I'm telling you. My body can't do it. Like I had to literally explain. It. Like it was frustrating. And we went through a moment where I was like, man, I'm not even gonna talk to dude, man. Like you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking to you for like a week or two. But <laughs> we got, of course, we got over. You know, we got over that. We got over that. But you know, um, I just think it was like that. That dream ending was like. My dream ending was like his dream ending at the same time. Like just to be honest, I, I really felt like that's how I felt for him. Like damn, because yeah. anybody who anybody who talks who talks to you or talk to or anybody see like this thing was he was supposed to go to the NBA. Like it was like flat out everybody, anybody. I'm talking about even NBA players. I remember being in LA out at the mall seeing Rudy Gay and he stopped like yo because I went crazy when I played Connecticut. Like man, like McKenzie. I remember going to see. Then, in fact, they was playing with the they was playing uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. and it was him and um, Mike Conley. And okay. I remember going crazy on Ohio State too. Like you know, what I mean, I had like a double double. I had like fifteen in the first half. I went crazy, and it was a respect there. Shannon Browns, when I saw when I went to LA and I seen yeah. him, Corey Brewers, and he'd be like, "Bro, you don't, this thing is cold." Like everybody, Chris Humphreys, Chris Humphreys be like, "Bro, I can't believe it, fam." Like, bro, you was one of the coldest players. Like you're so much better than. A lot of these players in the NBA, it just didn't work out for me. And I had to accept that, which is hard. I'd rather be, like, just not good enough. Like, yeah. honestly, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather have just been not good enough. But it was so hard to accept. But I just had to understand, like, everything happens for a reason. Receiving that love, though, you got to feel some validation. Like, I for sure. I, I know that that was – I could have done that. You know what I mean? Sure. Even though my body didn't allow me to do that, like, if I, I would have been healthy, I would have been there. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That that does make it feel a little bit better. The comfort, it's got to comfort some of it, it's, for sure. A hundred percent, for sure. Okay. Before we transition to the the full out music side of everything, 
Dre wants me to ask you, who's the greatest golfer to wear number one? <laughs> Who do you think? <laughs> you know what, though? I'm going to be honest. Dre, Dre's career, I think Dre's had a – I think as far as, like, numbers and all that stuff, Dre definitely had a better career than me. I feel like I had a decent and – and he was there for four years, but I'm still the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Q, do you want to transition into the music real quick? Yeah, I had a, a note that I jotted down from a source. We'll see if this is true or not. But it said at nine years old, you started a rap group and started rapping in your basement. Is, is that a fact? Where do you, you get that from? FirstAvenue.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, that is true, bro. It's called a Little Max. It's crazy. It was me. It was, called, it was X-Mac. It was a dude named... Uh, oh, oh, I forgot his... Damn, I forgot his dude's name. But it was D-Mac. I know it was D. But the other one was Xavier, and it was L-Mac, like me. And we had, like, a rap group. And they, I think his dad was in the music. So every time I went over to the crib, we would, like, try to record some stuff. And we would try to, like, play around and make beats and stuff like that. But I was just too scared to get on stage. We were supposed to do a performance at the uh, talent show. And at that point, like, I backed out, and they was mad at me. I remember him being so mad. Like, what? Come on, man. I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I think our, our friendship ended for, like, two weeks right after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got cool again, but I, I, I was just scared. I knew I had the talent to do it. And my mom used to say the same thing. Like, I remember, like, performing, like, singing on this boat. And I had, like, a crowd of people around me. I swear, like, 100 people, like, came up. Like, I was, like, singing this song. And she was like, see, I know you can do this. And I was like, I was just always scared to, like, be by myself performing. And I ended up being by myself performing after all this time, which is crazy. How'd you yeah. get over that? Huh? How'd you get over that fear? Losing basketball. After I lost basketball, my mind kind of went to, like, what else? What's the worst that could happen now? Like, I, 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 I literally had felt like I lost everything in my life, like my first love. And I was like, what's the worst that could happen now? Like, who cares? It was like, I, I got to that point of who cares? I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And maybe that was a blessing in disguise because being a basketball athlete, you're always got to be worried about what you say, how you say, how you move, what you do, your grades. You know what I mean? Like, you're, it's the light's always on you. So I think maybe that was a blessing in disguise because that's my mindset now. It's like, I don't give a fuck. That's dope. As long as I'm doing something, as long as I'm saying positive and I'm, I'm not harming anybody, and I'm, I'm living as long as I'm living my life, then I just don't care. Q, my bad for interrupting, man. What was your next one? No, I was gonna say at that time, who were some of the artists that influenced you, and, and what were you rapping about at nine? <laughs> <laughs> what was he rapping about? Girls, I believe it was called what the Max. Night yeah, we was called <laughs> we was called the Max. Probably like some basketball, some girls. Um, at that point, I think uh, at nine years old, who was out at? Nine shit, MC Hammer. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know, like, who was out, but I'm sure, like, NWA was around that time. NWA, it was around the time of, like, I'm trying to think who could have been on that radio. I think Tupac was was out. I think Biggie was out around that time, too, as well. So, um, that's probably who I was, like, more influenced by. I was listening to, like, the Down South rap, too, because my cousin had came, used to come up from Alabama, like, Pastor Troy's, stuff like that. But I was just into it because I feel like that's every 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 kid from, like, my community was at, at one point into sports and music. So it was just fun to do. Definitely. Yeah, Pastor Troy, the murder man. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. We ready. We ready. People don't know that's where I came from, though. We ready. Yeah. We ready, like that chant. That's where like, Pastor Troy, and a lot of people don't know about Pastor Troy like that. Yeah, he's a he's a legend. Yeah, for sure. You got some more cue before I get into all my got? Oh, you got it. Okay, so going into it, I mean, I, I just told you the other day, my favorite single is Say. Say, I, I love singing and shit, so I love Say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, Change is another one I really like a lot. I love the message behind that. Mm-hmm. But then I could go down your list, bro. You got, you. I mean, you got a feature with Tory Lanez on there. I do, I do, I do. Man, were you pushing that hardcore when he was doing his, his uh, IG radio? Uh, I was, I was. I, I, if you saw him, like, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but on my story, I do this thing where I was like, Chef Herb, right? So I'm like, yeah. just cooking. It's funny, is like somebody, like my, actually my girl mentioned it to me, like, you should start posting, you should do a challenge. And I didn't really do a challenge, but I was like, um, every time I would post my food, I was cooking through a quarantine. 
I would put like that song with it. And people would be like, oh, whose song is this? Like this Tory Lane. I'm like, this is my song. Like, and it's funny, I'm like, damn, some people really don't know I got a song with Tory Lane. But it's it's see me with music is once I put it out and I push it for a week, I'm I'm like pretty much done with it. Like, and that's my problem too. I got a bad problem with that. But as an artist mind, I'm like, I made something better. I made something better. This is better. This is better. But you gotta let people catch on to certain things. And I've kind of been like falling back and slowing down with that now. But um, I will post it every single time, and then people will catch on, and then like people will start posting it. If they if they cook, they'll post their meals, and then like post a uh, song as well with their with their meals. So I didn't really make it a challenge, but it did get more exposure during the uh, quarantine, especially because he was going so crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, and and the crazy thing too for an artist when you're pushing stuff out, it's like somewhat nerve wracking because you put all this time and effort into a song. You just want to feel that, like, like validation that, oh, oh, okay, this is what I think it is. And then, yeah. like, after that, though, you've already heard that song 10, 20,000 times before they've ever so, heard it. So many times, man. So you don't even want to so, listen to it anymore. You're like, I want you to like it, but I don't even want to hear it anymore. You, you, you know the exact process. That's what it is. I've been listening to this song uh, 10,000 times before y'all even heard it once. Yep. So, like, once y'all hear it, it's like, oh, okay, like, y'all rock with it. You know what I do, though? I, 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 once they hear it and I get that feedback, I listen back again. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Because I want to hear what they're hearing. Like, I want to hear what they're hearing, like, for the first time. But after that, it's, it's kind of hard. But I learned, like, with Say, even with Say, my guy's like, he, he's like, bro, you got to, like, push it. You got to keep yeah. pushing it. Like, keep pushing it. So we'll do, like, ads on it. And Because Say is, I feel like, it's a classic joint. Like, no matter yeah. at what point in time, it's always going to be classic. And I think that I got to remember this. Everybody in the world has not heard my music yet. So there's some, matter of fact, most people in the world have not heard my music. So I got to continue to push it out there instead of thinking like, oh, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to, I don't want good songs to get like lost anymore. Because I feel like that's, that's happened to me a lot. It will, for sure. And I think, I yeah. think Stay is a classic. I think it should be, I mean, it should be a pop song. Like it, it's a pop song. It's not just hip hop. It's not just it's, R&B. It's a pop. It should be song. on a. It should be on the radio every day here. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, that's how I feel. Like it should be on the radio every day. Go ninety five should be playing that KMOJ. That should be a regular song here for sure. It should be I, in rotation. I, that's a fact. I was I telling Will that Will Will sent me the video when it came out, and uh, I was like, bro, this is this is a song. This is a real real song. And I yeah. just, just like when you sent me the throwaway, I was telling you, I know you're putting together legit tracks. You know what I yeah. mean? But then yeah. you, told, you kept it real with me. You're like, bro, this didn't even make the tape. Yeah. Say is a legit hit. Yeah, nah, Say is. Say, say is going to make the tape. And it's, it's kind of funny because the tape's called The Breakthrough. And mm -hmm. Say actually doesn't have a true, true spot on there. But it's, it's, it, it's so good of a song that it just needs a home. And yeah. I couldn't just let it, like, let it go as a Lucy. So it, it's, it's going to be on there. Throw it in as a bonus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. I love so you're still talking to Will often, huh? You know, I try to. He's he's busy, man. He uh, yeah, he is, he is. for for my wedding, he came out and had had sent out some people to do my wedding. Did the video for it as a wedding gift, like yeah, he was my guy, bro. First person to ever dope. really believe in me when I was doing yeah. that. Nah, he's he rock with you. He's I, I just seen him post your video too the other day too. He's still rock with you, dude. He's he's one of my favorite humans in the world. The most he's he's kind of he's a he's a little. I'm about to say he's a little aggressive at times. Though, yes, huh? yes. The the most honest. To the point person yes. you will ever meet. And sure. the thing that I love about him, he's a real creative. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not for sure. He's mind thinking of all kinds of ways to tell things. And he's he's a genius, bro. Yeah, he is I, a genius. I, I love work. We're both Tauruses too, though, right? So for yeah. at a point, we we have to figure out how to work together. Because at a point, we'll be like, nah, this ain't it. No, this ain't it. This is it. I'm like, man, we ain't working together, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, this idea, that's, man, that idea is dumb. Like, he'll say some shit like that. Like, <laughs> that's how he would be, yep. Bro. Like, nigga, I've been thinking about this idea for years. Like, <laughs> no, you you ever have you ever he sends you a video like his idea to edit, and then you go, "Hey man, I want to tweak this or I want to change." He's like, "Nah, I ain't doing that." Yeah, I be like, "Bro, the font." I'm like, "Will, I'm paying you for this," and then he's like, "I'm doing you a favor. I'm doing this to you. I did you a favor," and he'll flip it on you so quick. Will is. <laughs> Interesting character you'll ever meet. <laughs> He'll get you to the point where you don't want to ask him yep. for nothing. <laughs> yeah. me, I'm not that guy. Nigga, no. I need to do is do it, bro. <laughs> man, what's that? Man, that's, this is stupid. I ain't doing it. Then they're like, well, get off the phone. I'm like, all right, well, don't do the video then, bro. Like, we have moments <laughs> like that. 
Then he'll call back like, here, here, man. Like, <laughs> but we now as we've grown older and more mature, I think we start to we understand each other more. Like we know, yeah. so we which we try to the lines are get we'll bump heads sometimes, but we'll not we won't, we won't cross those lines as much. But before when we first started, man, we crossed them lines. It was. Boy, but we made some classic shit, though. We made some classic shit together. And, and the, the craziest thing, too, is you talk about him. You talk about, like, the Rich Petersons. You, you talk mm-hmm. about those guys here. And at the same time, they know they have a feel on the game here for who's, like, really knows what they're doing, who's, who's yeah. a real musician. And then for they also sure. are, you know, they need people to pay their bills. Yeah, exactly. For sure, do guys who are trash and blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. And then be like, yep. of course I'm going to give him a video if he's going to give me 1500 bucks. Right, exactly. Be mad at that, but business. Cool, yes, but the cool thing is, they'll say, Macker, he's dope. Jake Plaza, mm-hmm. he's dope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. these are guys you want to be listening to because they're actually making dope music. And Will, for sure, always is pushing your stuff. I remember talking to Will all the time. All yeah, the time about it. So that's yeah. my man. That's my man, bro. Like for real, like for real, for real. Like we've grown even to be better friends, like brothers. Like you know what I'm saying? So that's my that's my dog. Oh yeah, he he's the man. I love Will too. Um. Going into it though, business, pilot life, entertainment, LLC, which you also, yeah. your degree was in, was it business marketing, right? It was. Yeah. Damn. So you been doing your research, man. <laughs> talk to me about it. I didn't know y'all was going to come in like this, this ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny, man. I was just talking to uh, somebody about this, about like my degree in, in school. I didn't take school as serious because I'm like, I'm going to the NBA. Like, I don't, I'm just here, like, in class. Like, you know what I mean? So I would be, I would, I would be able to, like, talk to the teachers a little bit more, talk to them about the gaming, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and let, make sure my grades was up because of that, like, just because of my personal relationships and what I was doing. But I was like, I wish I would have took it a little bit more serious because it's crazy. And I did learn uh, some, but I wish I would learn more in marketing because that's all I do now. Like, I'm the one who markets Mac Irv. Like, mm-hmm. Lawrence McKenzie has to market Mac Irv. He has to come up with these ideas. He has to figure out his target market. You know what I mean? That's kind of, and that, that was kind of simple for me. It was like, just be yourself. Like, when you be yourself, you'll figure out your target market. But just to learn other little things that are, like, very important, little tactical uh, things and uh, psychological things, like marketing that are, that are important, I've been doing that more now, like, on YouTube. But I was like, man, if I was in school. But, like I said, God has a plan for everything. Like, I have a business marketing degree, and I'm my main marketer at, at, at this point. So that definitely really, really, really helped me with the music. And you're, I mean, some of my biggest questions were, you know, what was crazier to you, playing at Williams Arena or playing South by Southwest? The, the rhyme sayers, you know, on tour, sound set, first, first Ave. If you're from Minnesota, that's the only place you want to play. I don't care yeah. set or anything. If there's anywhere that you want to play, it's First Ave. It's it's a similar feeling. You know, what's funny is I remember going, Damian Johnson. You know who that is? He played at the U. No, he calls it at North. He calls it at North St. Paul now, but okay. his name is Damian Johnson. And we there was like we used to go to the gym, shoot around late at night, and they had these mics there where the PA announcer was, and we would like <laughs> turn them. I remember turning the mics on and acting like we're doing a show, like, hey, like, it's, and it's, I always think about those moments, like, bro, we was, I was really setting up to do something different, dog, like, we were playing around, but, and I, I think about the feeling where I'm playing against, like, a, I remember playing against Purdue, I'm, I'm just in the zone, and I come up, it's like the, I step, like, you know, like, where the hash mark is, like, where the coach stand by, it's like, it's like when Steph Curry would shoot, shot that ball from versus OKC. Yep. I came down, I was in a zone, I just put it up there, I shot it. I remember the crowd going crazy. I remember my, like, my mom being in the crowd, and it was just like the energy that I felt like, whoa. Like, but I was just so in the moment. I remember playing at Target Center, throwing an alley-oop and somebody catching it, and just being in this moment. That's how performance feel, feels to me. Like when I'm in that crowd and the energy is going back and forth, and it's a crowd that's like, that's, 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 that's pretty big. Even if it's like a smaller venue and a crowd are just into it, the energy is just unmatched. And I feel like once when I when I felt that, I was like, okay, it's music, it's music. Like it's this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm just an energetic guy. When I talk, I'm like, as you can see, like my hands are everywhere. Like I have conversations mm-hmm. like this, and I'm just like, that's the kind of energy that I crave. And when I felt that, so it, it, it they're very similar. They're very similar. I don't know if I could choose one over the other. Because they're very similar, like you say, playing that first ad was like a, 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 it was like a 
out, out of body experience. Like I felt it. I remember having my hands up in the crowd, was just screaming at one point, and I was like, it was almost like I felt like the spirit of Prince, like like coming to, like you know what I'm saying? It was it was weird, dog. Like, but I felt that, and I'm a feel person too. Like I feel everything. Like I'm one of those people. Like I, that's how I write my music. I write my best music when I'm feeling things, when I'm feeling emotions. So uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely like a, a, a similar feeling in. It's something that you just, you can't really explain. Do you have a favorite moment from where you performed at? I mean, you're also connected with Rhyme Sayers. That, that's like, yeah, that's like anybody too. That's like your big brother to get in here. That's a great connect to have in the yeah. music scene in Minnesota. It and is. To go on tour with them, do you have some crazy moments? Was it Soundset? Because I know Soundset, like, dude. Soundset was one bro, of my favorite. Go ahead, I'm going to let you keep going. Oh, yeah, but you, you forced them to put you on. Like, dude, you made Damn. Facebook things, everything. Like, dude, you weren't even supposed to be on that set. And you made, like, no, I'm what the city wants. I'm what they want. I, I think uh, I think they were upset at me about that. I think, cool. a couple, I think a couple people may have, may still have a little feeling about that. But I was like, why wouldn't you want that? Like, that's gorilla yeah. shit. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to be on here. I remember they had already picked the lineup. They already picked a lineup. And I'm like, if y'all think I should be on sound saying, uh, like this and comment, it was like a thousand likes, 600 comments. And some people was like, I just went into his inbox. I, te- I think that's the thing I'm like. <laughs> Dude, I stole that from <laughs> Peter. Uh, 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 go, 90, go 95? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did that to Peter Parker. He, hate, he hates me for it. He blocked me on Twitter. I stole what you did, and it backfired for me. I'm glad it worked for you, but it backfired for me. Oh, man. It, like, it has to be, I feel like it has to be so forceful that they are mad at you, but they, I think they didn't have any choice. I feel like they just didn't have any choice because they probably was like, yo, this thing is about, he's going to come up here, like, with signs, like, picking that up. Like, <laughs> It was that gorilla though, because I really, really would have been on that. Like, all right, next step, we got to go up to Fifth Element. Like, I was really on that because I, had, I really had the city like on my back, oh, like yeah. at that point. And uh, people was like, "Yeah, we went into his inbox. We did this." I'm like, "All right, don't go into his inbox. Like, y'all calm down." So I think he, I think they kind of felt the way about that, but we definitely forced our way on there, even though. And <laughs> you know what's crazy is they put us in the first, the first lot. I was pissed. <laughs> They put us in the first slot, dog. Like the She's like, hey, we'll get you one, but we're gonna do you dirty. You know what I did though? Got there early, hour ahead. Went to the line, passed out flyers, talked to everybody in the line like a politician. It was three thousand people at my thing, more than the uh, the front stage, more than the big that. stage. I was there. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was there. Mod was there too. Me, Mod, and Keith were all out in the crowd. Oh damn! I didn't know that. Yeah, we were all, dude, because that was the first time I met Mod. Um, I couldn't believe, because he's never played it. It's crazy. Never played it. And so I'm sitting here thinking, like, how the hell is, like, like when you got it, because I already knew the story. So I'm, like, telling Keith, I'm like, bro, we got to go to this. I want Yeah. To. So when yeah. I found out, I was like, we have to go. Went. Um, Mod's in the back watching rocking out you know mod he's just yeah yeah turned up yeah yeah <laughs> and so i'm sitting here talking to him in jail and i'm like why why have you never played it and he's like they don't mess with me at the time he hadn't even played first either so like it was it was nuts like just the weird i don't know they didn't really show love to people that were from here the local people it's weird, it's weird man it's if, you, if you if you if you're not their cup of tea then they ain't fucking with you it's just what it is and they and they'll they'll make it obvious you know what i'm saying like even with me like i fuck with prof you know what i mean like but in slug is we're cool like i was actually supposed to sign a, a deal with them bro like he, he listened to a graduation and i remember before i even put it out he was like man i want to do this like let's start as a single deal because I want to bring it to the office, and they brought it to the office, and after they brought it in, there was, like, nothing after. He was like, oh, man, uh, yeah, we're going Right now, we're going to pass, kind of just see what you do, this, this, and that. And I was like, all right, cool. But after that, it just kind of, the relationship kind of kind of seemed weird. But Prof always, like, was like, yeah, like, I see what you got. Like, I want you around. Like, I fuck with you. I fuck with you. And me, our, that's how our relationship has like, gotten so good, because he's always, like, kind of recognized, like, what was happening. But yeah. other than that, well, I don't know Prof that well. What's it like with him? From what I've seen, he seems like a character himself. Yeah, he's definitely. You know, what's so funny is 
that's prof the character like you know what i'm saying like the prof guy i know of course he's like he has a sign to that but he's calm and he's pretty cool like it's, it's a little bit different from like what you see on stage okay. but his energy on stage and like his videos and his ideas are like second to none like as far as like how he, how he puts his uh is the thought into him and how how uh, energetic he is when he's on that stage and how the shows look. It's like second to none. And that's why I learned a lot from him, just like being more creative, uh, how my shows should go. Before I said, when I rap, I was just kind of staying around. Like, I was super cool. Like, you know, I was like, oh, uh, show, like people like the energy turning up at shows. And when you give that energy, you get it back. So I learned a lot with that. But uh, he, he he's definitely one of my best friends, somebody I talk to every single day. Like, whether it's be about music, whether it's be about family, whether it's be about working out. We got the same birthday, which is crazy. So, you know, we, we, we became really, really good friends. Another thing I want to talk to you about, too, is you've been on MTV. Yeah, and BET. Is that, is that surreal to, I mean, that's, BET dope, too. But MTV, yeah. when you're a kid, MTV was, that was that deal. Music videos on that, that's like, yeah. if you could get a music video, that, that's the, the highest place you want to get it to. Facts. Was that surreal? Yeah. It was, bro. Um, what's crazy is one trip to New York did that. You know what's so funny is like I, I had a while while I was in my hustler sphere and I was like, I can't be stopped. I feel like like last dance Jordan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was feeling like that. And for I think I had two disappointments where I went into Def Jam and I was like, oh yeah, it's good, but, but we want these numbers. And then I went into Interscope and I was like, oh yeah, it's good, but this is what we're looking for. You know what I mean? I think I let those two things disappoint me and I kind of was summer for a while and now I'm like getting my energy back up to like, fucking nothing's going to stop me. I went to New York, dog. I had a meeting with uh, um, Atlantic and I was like, should I go to Atlantic and do this meeting? I'm like, am I going to get a deal here? It was like through a hookup with somebody. And I was like, am I going to get a deal here? I should go to Viacom and, and meet this other dude. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to try to meet this other dude. So, the other dude was executive uh, president of MTV Jams, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, I couldn't get, a, I, the person who was supposed to connect us, I couldn't get a hold of. And so I just sat in the lobby, bro, a Viacom for like two hours. Just sitting down there. Y'all know, you know, you know, uh, you know me? Do you know, hey, everybody, asking everybody, everybody, somebody like, find like, yo, somebody, somebody down in the uh, uh, lobby asking for you, he comes down. I'm like, hey, yo, I know Woo 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 through uh, Bama. I introduced myself, like, all right, yeah, come into my office. I played him some music. We walked around. He showed us around MTV. Uh, at that point, I was sending him stuff. He's like, this is okay. This is cool. This is cool. I just kept sending him stuff for years, bro, maybe two years down the line. That's when I finally, he finally was like, all right, this is it. I was like, what? Nigga, are you for real? He's like, yeah, this is it. It's going on. It's going to play this time, this time, this time. And that's how that story ended up. And That's now nice. we got a good relationship, but it was all through just taking a chance. Some people are so scared to take those chances, and that I was just like, I'm just taking a chance. You you can't tell me no, dog. Like you can't tell me no. I think I think a lot of that stuff too is people don't even know how to get into that position. Not I mean showing up, but how to even get a meeting. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of people think, well, if my stuff finally gets enough buzz and I finally get heard, then somebody's Steve. gonna call. Yeah. I don't know. Do I show up? I mean, I heard all the stories. Steve. See, you can be good enough. That's what I learned. You can be good enough, but it's the connections that bring you to that next level, yeah. right? And everybody knows somebody. You might have a cousin right now that works at, um, as an intern in Def Jam. If I did, I wouldn't be here, Mac. If I did, I wouldn't be here. But look, though, I'm saying on the other yeah. end, you see, I, I'm, I, I get like this. I'm like, okay, who, who does this person follow that don't really got a lot of followers? You can look at stuff like that. Like, if you want to get really into it, who does they follow? Okay, uh, so, oh, this person's a photographer. Let me highlight this photographer and see if they like the music. If they like the music, they can connect me with this person. If they like it enough, they can connect me with this person. Like, there's always somebody there. If you look if you look close enough that you can find, that you could be build a relationship with, and then that can link you to the next thing. And, of course, your music has to be good. You should have stuff going on. I call that, just, that that's the extras. This is the main part of it. Your career, what you're doing, you getting better, your music. But then you got to be able to connect those to your extras over here on the side. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you build your extras, and it might not be that time, but as you keep building what's going on over here, now they got an eye on you. They mm-hmm. got an eye on you. Now they're following you. Now they see what's going on. They see your grind. They see uh, your ambition. They see that you don't want to – they see that uh, uh, that you're not going to stop. You know what I mean? They see, your, they see your resilience. And I think people like those kind of uh, – um, those qualities. You know what I mean? Like, right. just in anybody. Like, people want to be around those kind of qualities. Bro, 
I, I know I'm keeping you away from your beautiful girls. I got to get you back to them. We appreciate you coming on. It's been a lot of fun. I'd love to have you back on too. Yeah, and, and tell yeah. us when your when your album comes out. We're gonna find it on it, Apple. I got so right now it's in July. I don't have a, a set date right now. I don't have a set date right now. But if you follow me on social media, if you follow my uh, my Instagram is MacIrv M A C I R V. Just like my name, you can look it up. Uh, you can find me on YouTube M A C I R V. Facebook MacIrv M A C I R V. And just keep contact with me there, uh, and 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 you'll you'll see everything. I'll be dropping videos up to that point, and I'll drop a a date uh, at, at some point too. One last thing that just popped in my brain is something I wanted to ask you. Where's Macarve come from? From the North Side, baby. North Side? No, I'm, I'm north saying you talking about the you talking about the name? Oh, yeah. yeah, from from the North Side too. So basically, you know, everybody calls me Mac from my last name, McKenzie, right? And then it started off as Mac Irving, which is okay. where, the street that I grew up on. I grew up on 8th and Irving. Okay. And I was like, y'all want to do something that has my name, but like represents where I'm from at the same time. And what's crazy is Mac Irving is a team in Chicago, Mac Irving. It's called Mac Irving. Uh, uh, it's a basketball team. So I was like, I don't want it to have the exact same name. So at that point, I just cut it short. And it, kinda, it was like, oh, Mac Irving actually sounds a little bit better anyway. I so that's where, yeah, that's where Mac Eric comes from. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. All right, man. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, appreciate you.